Life Audio. I think sometimes the Psalms are hard to read because there's so much raw emotion that comes along with the human condition. Today's Psalm, I think, is a breath of fresh air because it is essentially a praise Psalm where it is just simply praising God for his goodness and how great he is. I really think it's going to bless you today, too. Stay tuned. Hey, friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, and today we're reading through Psalm 135. We're going through the Psalms one at a time, day by day, really just looking at some of the history or the context or the culture that the original hearers would have understood. I think sometimes that stuff's lost on us as modern readers. Sometimes we don't understand all the different nuances or references, or at least I didn't, and I find that really helpful. We go through these one at a time, and then in the description of each of the podcast episodes, there's also a journaling prompt if you would like to take things a little bit further and dive a little bit deeper. I find that journaling is a really helpful way to get that information from your head to your heart. If you sign up for the newsletter at shehears.org, you can get a, a weekly email that's sent to you that sends out all the journaling prompts. And then if you would like the previous journaling prompts from previous episodes all in one place, you can go to the resources section of She Hears org and find them there. I pray that those resources are a blessing to you. So today I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible and I'm starting at verse 1 of Psalm 135. Praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts, courtyards of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is lovely, for the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and in all the ocean depths. He causes the mists to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings forth the wind from his treasuries. He struck the firstborn of Egypt, both human firstborn and animal. He sent signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck many nations and brought death to mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people Israel. Your name, Lord, is everlasting. The mention of you, Lord, is throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people and will have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are nothing but silver and gold, the work of human hands. 
They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath at all in their mouths. Those who make them will become like them. Yes, everyone who trusts in them. House of Israel, bless the Lord. House of Aaron, bless the Lord. House of Levi, bless the Lord. You who revere the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. So as we're going through Psalm 135, I think there's a couple aspects that are helpful to point out when we're reading. Essentially, this is a hymn that is celebrating the goodness and greatness of God. They're doing that over all other gods because of who he is. And if you think about this in the context of the original hearers, they were in a nation that was surrounded by the surrounding nations that all worshipped other false gods. And whether it was Baal or any of the, you know, the Philistine gods or the sun god or the moon god or whoever it was, the culture that they were in, it was very, very different for them to worship the one true God. And so it's interesting when it talks about all other gods. I think for us in our context, that might mean more things like career or our brand or social media or our addictions. But in their context, it literally meant the false gods that the other nations were serving. In this Psalm, all of Israel and of course the priests and the Levites are called to join in this praise. So it opens up with this idea of, and actually both the opening and the closing is this song that's calling on listeners to worship God by offering praise. In the introduction, the composer is calling them to praise the Lord's name, the name of the Lord, Yahweh, which announces him as saying, I am who I am. In Exodus 3.14, we, we hear that. And so the he is the one who defines himself. I love that aspect of his character. And so God's name also gives us this understanding of his reputation. And his reputation is very much as a remainder of the rest of the psalm will show is a description of God as creator and redeemer. And so there's this initial call to praise the Lord, specifically the name of the Lord. And then there's this definition of the servants of the Lord. And that is, of course, identifying people that are ministering in the house of the Lord. So again, the priests, the Levites, those that are serving in the sanctuary, the sanctuary referring to his house. And so the psalm opens up with this call to the priests and the Levites to offer worship. And I don't want that to go over our heads thinking that it's just those people that are called to worship. Because of course, as we talked about over the last couple of days, the New Testament calls all of us priests in the kingdom. And so regardless of your religious affiliation, I know that word priests sometimes can feel odd to us if you are not Catholic or from a liturgical, you know, conservative denomination. But essentially what that's meaning is people that are declaring God's word and serving him in our context anyway. So it goes on to talk about how God has chosen Israel. And this section three and four reminds us of what actually happened. So if you remember the patriarch who was named Jacob at birth, he had his name changed to Israel after he wrestled with God in Genesis 32. And at Mount Sinai, God announced that Israel was his treasured possession because Israel, of course, then becomes this people group. And God says that this people group is his own personal property, his special possession. So while all of the nations of the world are his, Israel occupied this special place as a kingdom of priests in this holy nation. 
And so you can read more about how God chooses Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Then verses 5 and 7 go on to talk about God's greatness. Really, God's greatness is unparalleled. And so that's what the psalmist is praising him for. And he's praising God by making a confession of his own personal belief when he says, I know that. And then God is greater than all gods. So he's comparing God with the other gods because remember where they're at. And I know that raises this question of if the psalmist believes in monotheism, if God is greater than other gods, then are we making this assumption that he believes that there must be other gods that he is comparing Yahweh to? I think it's kind of unfair to just make that assumption because you have to remember that culture. The culture of the world of the ancient Near East was not monotheistic. It was polytheistic. And so comparing the true God of Yahweh to what the world around them believed, those those polytheistic gods, that's essentially what he's talking about. Now, I think that there is something else to be said when it talks about maybe even things like idols, because what the idols would represent would be the gods of other nations. And we do hear about that in the Old Testament. And whether or not the psalmist is referring to that or not, I don't know. But, but, and there is, you know, more explanation found about that when we dive into other parts of the Old Testament. But for what we're going to focus on today is recognizing that even if he was coming from a background where they thought that perhaps there was other gods, Yahweh is the God above all gods. And I know that that feels hard for us. I think the first time I realized that, that maybe some of the patriarchs in the Old Testament did not believe in monotheism, it kind of shook me. But then I had to remember well, two things. I had to remember the culture that they came from. So maybe at one point they didn't believe in monotheism, but then they evolved. Or maybe they recognized that perhaps there were these other false gods, but Yahweh was the God above all of those idols and gods. But then also, how do we handle that in our own lives? I would say that most of us as believers would say that we are monotheistic, meaning like we believe that there's only one true God. Of course, we believe in the Trinity, three three parts of God in one, but we're monotheistic. But yet in, in our behavior, do we really act that way? Do we allow false gods to take some of our time, our attention, our energy, our praise? I think about things like sports, you know, some sports fanatics or career or f- financial gain or any of those things, we wouldn't necessarily say that they're idols or gods in our lives, but sometimes we act as if they are. And so I think in terms of practical application, that's what I would point you to instead of attacking them for maybe their polytheistic beliefs. And we have to remember parts of scripture are descriptive. They're not necessarily prescriptive. So this doesn't mean that there's an endorsement for seeking after false gods. Instead, you have to hone in on the fact that Yahweh is who they're praising. I think we're going to stop there and take a quick break and when we come back. We'll finish up this psalm. Stay tuned. 
verses 8 through 12 talk about God as the warrior. So the psalmist is in this portion rehearsing these great acts of God that they've seen him do in the past in order to stir this congregation to continue praising him. And I think that's a powerful way if we are facing the opportunity to help encourage people to praise God, we remind them of God's goodness. And so he's first off remembering this plague when God struck down the firstborn of Egypt and in which finally forced Pharaoh to give in and free the Israelites from bondage. And so when he says signs and wonders, he's talking about the signs and wonders against Pharaoh and his servants. That's a reference to the plagues, which were an attack against each of the Egyptian gods. I don't know if you know this, but if you go through the different plagues, each plague represented a different false god of Egypt. And then, of course, that culminated in the death of the firstborn of the Egyptian sons. And then he moves from the exodus to the conquest, beginning with this reference to the defeat of Sion and Og. And that those were, of course, the kings from the different kingdoms the Amorites and the Bashan. And then there's a more general reference to the conquest when it's talking about all the kings of Canaan. So while Israel fought, it was God as warrior who gave them victory and also gave them the land. And that is the call to praise him. Verses 13 and 14 go on to talk about God's reputation. So not only has God's reputation, his name been great right now in the present, but it's going to last throughout all time. And so that's a call to praise God for that. And then verse 15 through 18, where it talks about vain idols. We've already heard that God is, of course, greater than all the gods. And now we hear that the idols are just no, not worth anything either. Idols were made by humans to represent the gods, like I said. And so in the ancient Near East, these were these like tiny little ornate statues, which if you Google them, you can find them pretty easily to see what they look like. They were not thought to be the gods, but through a certain ritual, like the opening of the mouth, they were seen as physical vehicles, which the gods could make their presence known to the people. That's why they had them in their house. And so some of these gods would have been blind or deaf or mute, just like their worshipers were really. But the idols that they carried around with them, where they would put them up on their mantle, would represent the presence of that god, how they would interact with them. And of course, it's saying that those are worthless. And then it goes on to finish up by saying, praising the Lord. And so again, it's this call to worship where it's not just talking about the priests, that's the house of Aaron, but then the Levites, which is the house of Levi. And then it's talking about the whole community when it says all you Israelites. It's referring to them in terms of those that are having this right heart attitude towards God. When it says you who fear him, it's not just saying the Israelites, but essentially those who are following God you know, because not all Israelites did. And so there is a little bit of a, a separation there. Believers, I think, can praise and worship God in a similar way now, because even if nothing is going good in our lives, what we can celebrate and praise God for is his nature and the way he's acted on our behalf historically through sending Jesus, through the blessing of salvation, through making himself known in our lives. And of course, Christians are called priests in the New Testament, but we don't only praise God for the acts of the things that he's done in the past, but also the things that he's going to do 
forward in our lives. And I love that because we know that God historically has acted in such a way that reveals his character and his nature. And that doesn't change. And because that doesn't change, we can praise God for the way that he's going to work in the future in our lives. So given that insight, I'm going to go back ahead and read starting at verse one of Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courtyards of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is lovely. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and in all the ocean depths. He causes the mist to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings forth the wind from his treasuries. He struck the firstborn of Egypt, both human firstborn and animal. He sent signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. He struck many nations and brought death to mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. And he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his people Israel. Your name, Lord, is everlasting. The mention of you, Lord, is throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people and will have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are nothing but silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not hear. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath at all in their mouths. Those who make them will become like them. Yes, everyone who trusts them. House of Israel, bless the Lord. House of Aaron, bless the Lord. House of Levi, bless the Lord. You who revere the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you for the way that we can see your hand at work in our lives. And God, if there's nothing else that we can praise you for, we can praise you for that. We can praise you for the work in the hand of the Israelites. We can praise you for the work, the redemptive work through Jesus on the cross. God, help us to remember that, that you are praiseworthy because of who you are, not necessarily the circumstances that we see right now in our lives. But God, we praise you not because of what you did, not just because of what you did, but because of what you continue to do. And we know that you're faithful. We know that your character and your nature doesn't change. So Lord, I thank you for my friend today. And I pray that you impart to them this fresh vision of who you are and who you long to be in their lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.